podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Neil Lackinson, Adam Smith and Jay McKenna, who just said the name of the show. Do you want to say it again in that voice, Jay? The Anfield Wrap. Now, we're pre-recording this one a little bit, but we're of the view that uh, Andrew Robertson is as good as going to become a Liverpool player. Uh, and that is Adam Smith. It is. How exciting is it? Because, firstly, buying full-backs is never that exciting, although Manchester City is seemingly doing the best uh, to try to make it seem as though it is. But... Uh, Liverpool did need another left back. It was clear the manager's faith in Moreno were completely gone, not least from pre-season. The fact that he hasn't had anywhere even near a look in, and James Milner could not have done fifty-five games this season. Liverpool need another option there. Robertson will be that option. Yeah, I, it's. I mean, look, you've you've nailed it. It's not exciting, you know. We're not. It's not town, but you know, it's a solid, reliable signing that will. You know, hopefully, do the job when needed next season, and by all reports, will get better and better the longer that he's a Liverpool player. And you know, that's that is all you can ask for at fullback. And people who want more than that, um, you know, I think they're they're destined to a life of disappointment. <laughs> destined to Jamie Kennedy, are you destined to a life of disappointment? <laughs> Judge them all, Annie. Um, Sweeping statement. Yeah, yeah generalisation of everybody <laughs> likes fullbacks. Um, I think it's a good sign for us. You know, we, we brought a youngish lad in. You know, ten million isn't much in, in the market mo- of, <laughs> of of you know. Never mind this market, but in the modern day market of footballers, you know, it's the old, it's the old five million to take a chance on the lad. He'll deputise. You know, you could imagine he's probably going to get more games than Alberto Moreno does at left back. Um, so maybe I'll see him move on. So if you think, you know, on the scheme of things, a business you might do, Stewart going to Hull, paying a couple of extra million pound, we'll probably sell Moreno now. I don't think anyone could really complain for that. Neither was going to get a game. It should be an upgrade. I haven't seen much of the lad play, but people are rating him. So, I think it's a good thing. I think, I think you, Adam's point though of like you know it's not gonna you know everyone's not gonna be saying town on Twitter Ardy and, and fancy and going for a bevy saying this is good. It's because this signing is then going to be judged against any other signing. So you know you've got Salah, your big name, but these are the big names that are interested in everyone saying well. You know, we don't just want to sign squad players or prospects. You know, we need to sign first team players, and 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 almost, you know, poor Andrew Robinson could be judged by who we don't sign, as opposed to the fact of his own ability. And that, that there is an element of that, I think, uh, Adam, that that can, he can find himself judged slightly unfairly ever so quickly. The other side of it, though, is that you know, it's. It, he is there as a squad player, uh, and he can make himself more than that. And it's it's something which I think that you know we can we can be. It's it, it's a job done for this summer, and and the other way in which it's going to be it, it's going to be judged is on the other signings. And if Liverpool get the other signings that they want, and this still seems like an absolute mess, it's not very clear as to how all that's going. If Liverpool get the other signings that we want, then we end up we're able to go. Well, okay, that was part of that process. But if they don't, then people might say, well, why didn't you go for a bigger name at left back? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to make another sweeping statement, but I think if people say that, they're, then they're a, a little bit silly. Um, because what 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 is a left back going to do in the in the grand scheme of things? There's you know there's maybe what five in the world that might be good enough to you know turn a game uh, if you're lucky. Uh, you know, I just think it, it, that that left back is somewhere where it, let's put it this way: the manager was entirely happy with James Milner, who is a midfielder, playing in the left-back spot. The manager doesn't care that much about left-back. So if he's got a player who he thinks is good for now and will develop and will be a good prospect for the future, then that's good enough for me. And ultimately, the manager's the one who calls the shots. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a signing to get the party poppers out about, but it, neither is it the pitchforks. It's just fine.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pitchforks or party poppers? Uh, Philip Coutinho, uh, seventy-two million uh, bid, supposedly lashed in Jay from Barcelona. What is your? Uh, it's this is Liverpool saying they're going to stand firm on this that he's not going to go anywhere under any circumstances. It's quite interesting. There's there's a, set, a certain irony in the fact that that's exactly what uh, Leipzig is saying about Keita, and suddenly we find ourselves in the boat where we're saying it about Coutinho. But it it now sort of throws into focus how important it is to to hold on to these players. Certainly, if you're if you're not 100 percent on your recruitment, yeah, we, we absolutely have to hold on to them, uh, regardless of even I think who we're trying to sign. You know, Philip Coutinho is our best player. You have to keep your best players if you want to kick on and improve. Um, it is a good thing that Barcelona want to sign him because it shows how good he is. It shows that he is up there with the elite levels. Um, it's a bad thing that Barcelona want to sign him because it's Barcelona and that's why they've gone low with their bid because it's Barcelona. And Philip Coutinho will go to Liverpool and say, it's Barcelona. Um, so they know they've got a bit of strength there. It shows there's interest in him from them um, and that won't go away Um in the near or long term, I imagine. Uh, it does reveal something, though, and your point about Leipzig is really good, and, and I've seen this today, and it, it, it always amazes me at football supporters. There's loads of Liverpool fans currently going, why won't Leipzig just let him go? Why won't they just sell him to us for 66 million or 70 million? And then, you know, and then in the same breath, they're going, I can't believe Barcelona thought that we'd sell them for Philip Coutinho. It's like, lads, this is the same thing. These are commodities that we trade, unfortunately. You know, whether you like to think of it like these, these are just people who move between employers to play a bit of football in the middle. Um, it's no different to us wanting to sign them. So, you know, I, th- I think as a whole for Liverpool, the thought of selling Coutinho ever should uh, worry them unless you're selling them at the same place that um, Wayne Rooney's in, was in for Man United before he went to thingy. You want to keep your best players for as long as possible. Um I think it it would damage the club's morale, but also it would see severely impact how people view us. I don't think Cater or Van Dijk would be thinking, "Let's come to Liverpool." Yeah, if Philip Coutinho is going the other way, that's a very very valid point, that Adam. It is. Look, it absolutely is. Is he not for sale at any price, though? That's my that's my question. I, you know, I think what's interesting is isn't there a situation with Barca at the moment where they they can't. They haven't got a lot of money. Is that not sort of something that's going on there at the well, moment? Well, anyway. does the talk that Neymar might move to Paris Saint-Germain well, for an yeah. unbelievable quantity of money, and that's what opens this up. So Paris Saint-Germain pay Neymar's release clause yeah. uh, and smash the world record transfer fee, and suddenly Barcelona have got some money to work with, and that's how all of this begins to become a live thing. So let me ask you a question then, the both of you. If if Let's say we sold Philippe Coutinho. Aye, aye, who's for... hosting this show? <laughs> Just <laughs> titch one. Speak to your union, job. Neil. <laughs> You're listening to uh, Radio City Talk. Uh, no, I'm, I um, <laughs> let's say that we sell Coutinho to Barcelona for 150 million. Yes, and we bring in Keita, Van Dijk, and Mbappe. Is that then bad business this summer? Is should we have held on to Coutinho for any money, or do you go well? Do you know but, what? They're three great players that are also going to be good for the but future. I'll answer first. But the issue with that is that it's the classic example of you've got to feel as though you can get that business done the other side. So at the minute, for instance, is what's the what's the fee that makes Leipzig Leipzig do what you've just done mm-hmm. and go? Uh, you know, oh Sam will sell him for that. And so that's what I'm saying. So say you say, say we say to Barcelona, that's the this is the situation. We bring in those three players, then we'll sell you Coutinho for 150 million. We done this. We, we tried this when we were going to sell Alonso. And bring in Gareth Barry and Robbie Keane, and then we could only sign one of them. And 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 this is my danger. With it is the club knows you've got this money. The club might say, like Leipzig is seemingly saying, he's not for sale. I like. There's a bit of it where people are saying, oh, he's not for sale. It's eighty million pound. It's like no, he, he might actually not be for sale anymore. 
we might actually have, have misjudged this. I think the other thing of that is, it is good business on the face of it. It's what it represents because what people will look at that like, and it, and this is the context for this discussion is, well, Liverpool are selling to buy. You know, you want to keep your best players and add to that. But if we, but if we've, and none of them but, are a Coutinho replacement. But, but you, you move the parameters a little bit on my question, which was, would it be good business if that's what we ended up doing this summer? And also in the with the with the the situation of Keita and uh, Van Dijk will probably cost what. Coutinho cost Mbappe is going to cost 100 million so we'll, pro- we'll still pretty much have spent the same amount of money on pa- so we're not a sell to buy on on paper it's good business in theory in practice it's not Yeah, I think the way people would take to it the way they'd react to it and not the fact that you know it would it would probably upset Klopp Klopp Klee doesn't want to lose that play he wants to add to them you know I, I think and, and, I'm, and I'm going to say I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to just say this easily with players that you owe them a year because you know they're not the, the, the people going about their work but I think we deserve a year out of Coutinho mm. because I think he's come good, but he's come good under Liverpool's tutelage. He's come good under Coutinho's, uh, under um, Klopp's tutelage. And Rodgers. And Rodgers. De- well, actually, he's developed over time. And we've given that opportunity within the Champions League. There's a thing where I think as a player, he probably likes to think, can I do it here? Because if he can't, if, if, if Liverpool have a, strug- have a year where they struggle, he's still a player who can move on. Mm. He knows he's reached that level now where he doesn't necessarily dip back down. It's not like a Mahrez who has one great year and then dips off. He's at that level now and he knows he can move on. He's got a World Cup coming up where he'll probably be playing. He probably, If I was him, I'd like to be thinking, well, I'd rather play for Liverpool, play every week and put myself in the, you know, in the shop window if I'm thinking of going, keep myself playing football in the Champions League at the highest level. If he goes to Barcelona, does he get a game? You know, they signed Arza Taran a player that most clubs around the world would have liked. He hasn't really got a game, I, I, I think. If Neymar wasn't to go, if he was to sign for them and Neymar wasn't to go, what, you know, where's, mm. where's his position? I do actually think he's the Iniesta replacement. So mm. I think Bar- I don't think Barcelona are going to go away from him. Mm. I think the way he plays football, he looks like that replacement for them. But, you know, I, I think I think it just looked bad for Liverpool. Jay, I think Jay, Jay's touched on something there, from my, which is what I think this one is. Uh, is He's mentioned the Iniesta replacement. And I think this is... The Barcelona putting a marker down for next summer. That's what I actually think this I is. I agree, yeah. I think this is Barcelona doing the thing, seeing if they can pull something together this summer, wanting to dance the dance of Liverpool going, give us another year, uh, getting their other year, and then being able to say, next summer, well, you got your other year, mm-hmm. and now we want them, and we want them for this price. And the player himself now is already primed, and in one level or another, he's primed to go. Yeah, well, I did give you the other year, lads. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's the dance here, and I think that that's something that we've seen. Happened to footballers before, for instance, the season before Ronaldo's going to Real Madrid. There's tons and tons and tons about linking him out to United, and in the end, it's sort of it's all boxed off, but it's never quite. I don't think it was ever entirely publicly boxed, mm. but it was. He's going to go, you know. It's going to happen next summer, so we're giving you this year, yeah. and I think that's what we're seeing. It's here. the Spla- it's the Spanish clubs game. They flirted with them a bit. They've shown a bit of interest. Did it with Fabregas? Wanted to see what you think about it. See if you show a bit of willingness, and we said, all right, we'll 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 let this drag on if not. You know, we'll see if we can get it done now. If we fall madly in love, we'll do it. But if not, we'll see what happens. And that's what they've done. And Coutinho would love to go and play for the club like Barcelona. Absolutely, of course he would. You know, lots of uh, Latin American players love to do so. And I can't, you can't blame him. Barcelona are a step up from Liverpool. I just think for us doing that business would be, we'd be wa- we'd be worse off. Even if financially we weren't, we'd just be worse off on the pitch and in our morale as well. Hmm. 
Okay, this is the Anfield app on Radio City Talk. Listen, later on I'm going to be talking to Glenn Price. Uh, he's over there in Hong Kong about what he's hearing about Coutinho and all that sort of stuff. I'm also going to be talking to Natasha Henry about Arsenal and what, how they feel as though their summer's going. After the break, though, we've got Jamie Kennedy. We're going to have a chat about the uh, the meeting for SOS and safe standing tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. This is the Anfield app on Radio City Talk. A couple of weeks back, there was talk on the Anfield app about the Harry's offer uh, that we've got going harrys.com forward slash Anfield for a trial set for 295 uh, I had a bit of, go, bit of a go I was away at the time uh, came back uh, haven't heard it and sort of went can I have one of them and I got handed one and it was uh, very very comfortable indeed a lovely little glide uh, across your face uh, to do the old shaving um, I'm you know I'm not a big shaver a bit like Gary Lineker you know I don't shave often um, you know but it's one of the many things that me and Gary have got in common along with the size of our salaries but you know uh, we also uh, you know we also don't have to shave as often as as many of you out there might do, uh, but when we do so, we do want to enjoy ourselves. And you know, the the, the, the Harry's people they sent the stuff over to us, and they've done all the research. Uh, Jeff and Andy, it is, and that's what they, they call themselves here. And they want that quality in the in the shave. Uh, and you know how all this works right now. Uh, but it is the idea that it's meant to be a high quality shave for not very much money. Um, so it's two pound ninety five. Uh, they're very very confident indeed. That's the trial offer at two pound ninety five. And in that set, the one that I managed to get my hands on, you get the uh, the razor handle. Uh, you also get the five blades, uh, you get the lubrication strip, uh, the shaving gel, and it all comes in a lovely little box. Uh, £11.50, but two ninety five for the Anfield wrap listeners. Uh, so harrys.com forward slash Anfield for that. Uh, so you can get started shaving with Harry's today, claiming your trial set for £2.95. And it also supports the Anfield wrap. Obviously, you know that we're getting paid cash money to talk about this sort of thing, although we wouldn't do it, and we have turned things down, by the way, if we didn't think that it was a strong enough product. Uh, so everyone's had a bit of a go and we're more than happy to sort of mention it on these shows here uh, so you can get it delivered to you uh, the trial set delivered to you including the razor handle the five blade cartridge the foaming shave gel and the travel blade cover uh, harrys.com forward slash anfield that's right now harrys.com forward slash anfield you can get your hands on that right now this is the anfield wrap you know that this is our city talk show and now we're going to get back over and we're going to be speaking uh, back with jay mckenna and adam smith uh, really pleased that jay's come in um I think, Jay, you should describe what it is that you're doing tomorrow, actually, rather than have me do it. Uh, tomorrow there's a meeting. There is um, the culmination um, of work, really, a, a public meeting, which everybody is welcome uh, to attend. It's not just SOS members, is it? Not it's just SOS meeting. members, it's all Liverpool supporters. We're aware that, you know, I think a few Everton supporters are interested in coming along and others. You know, it, it's right that people in the city are able to contribute to this debate as well, but, you know, there are Liverpool supporters coming from all over for it as well. Um, I know Josh from the Anfield Drafts coming along to cover it as well. We'll be live streaming it. Um, How can people get the live stream? Well, two th- two ways they can take part tomorrow, really. is 12.15, the meeting starts in the Liner Hotel, which is next to Lime Street, Lord Nelson Street. Um, they can come in person and take part. Um, alternatively, from 12.15, we will... Well, probably from about 10 past 12, actually. We'll go live on the Spirit of Shankly Facebook page and we'll be live streaming the meeting. Um, the intention of the meeting is that we will allow everybody to have uh, a say before we go to a vote on what our position should be, whether we're in favour or against uh, rail seating and its introduction. Not its introduction at Anfield, its introduction as a whole. We've never really had any of this conversation, so we're yeah. starting at the very beginning. Um, and we'll have a panel of speakers. Amanda Jackson, the Football Supporters Federation, is speaking. Uh, Rick Ryden, who's an inspector for the Sports Ground Safety Authority, they are essentially the police of football stadiums. Uh, make sure it fulfills all government uh, legislation and requirements, which is currently for all seater, but they are currently future-proofing their green guide for rail seating. And we've also got John Paul Taylor, who's the supporter liaison officer from Celtic, 
Um, I think Robbo's met him previously when he went up there. Um, he's coming down to talk about Celtic's experience, why they've done it, what it's been like. Um, but more importantly, the people who are there, supporters, um, people who were at Hillsborough families and, and others, will be able to contribute and have their voices heard. So people who haven't been able to make tomorrow's meeting have sent us stuff to read out. Uh, but it's but it's about people coming along, listening if they're undecided, listening even if they do think they've made their mind up and hearing what others have got to say, yeah. um, asking questions, putting forward their comments, and then we will take from yeah. that um, a vote uh, online running next week um, and put forward a position. One, that will determine what spirit of Shankly's policy is on it, but there'll be an open vote amongst Liverpool supporters um, to try and get an, a view of what people think about this issue. You mentioned this is the culmination of a process. It's... You know, you you're not blundering into this with with, with one meeting. This is something that that Spirit of Shankly has been working on now for a for a long period of time. It's important to sort of point out that the, that 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 sensitivities have been met. You had a closed meeting this week. It's you're looking to to ensure that firstly there's 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 a series of safe spaces for voices to be heard and as you emphasised there, listened to as well. It isn't you know you're not looking here for a you're looking for a mature debate. And in fact, if you you know if you if I'll be Really honest, if you if, if all this is pulled off and people conduct themselves as I'm certainly will at tomorrow's discussion, then it shows that you know supporters themselves can can come together and can 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 respect sensitivities on the one hand and can progress a conversation on the other. Um, yeah, I think this will be um, regard regardless of the vote. You know, one thing to say: no one wins this. There's no winner in this. Yeah, no one wins and loses in this in whichever side of the debate you're on. On this, this will be the bravest thing that I think we've done. So last last summer, we'd reached the point where we'd always been asked what our view was on on safe standing, and we decided it was the right time to begin a conversation on it, given where you know the inquests and, and yeah. judicial investigations were going. Um, Celtic had introduced it, and we started this conversation. And we have, as you say, wanted to give everybody every opportunity. We've kept both the Hillsborough Family Support Group and the HJC updated throughout, um, and they were at a closed meeting and and gave their views. What? What's important to remember is that there isn't one uniform view on this. Both the HJC and the HFSG have well-established positions. The HJC are neutral on it. And the Hillsborough Family Support Group, uh, the majority of their families um, are opposed to it. But there is, not division, but there's differences of opinion Again, with, within that, those it's not, it's not about division, because yeah. that's like saying it's, it's about winners and losers. Exactly, yeah. It's about views. Yeah, there are different views in this. And I think it's important. And what, and what we you know, are humbled by is that people felt they were able to share their views with us in midweek. Um, at the at the meeting, and listen to others, uh, and and that was people stuff that people said across the room. Um, the outcome of this will then you know determine a policy position, and it isn't going to be to say well if if everybody votes for it, we'll go and ask Liverpool to introduce it. That's an entirely other debate, but it's very important that people do get to have their say because I think what the danger uh, that was you know possibly out there for us was that this debate was taking place nationally, and there were two things happening or in danger of happening. One that we were referenced and never consulted, that ministers and governments yeah. and, and others would say, Hillsborough, Liverpool supporters can't do it and never asked us. Or that it was introduced at other stadiums and nobody engaged with us and nobody asked us our view. And it was almost like, you know, we were bypassed within this. And, and, and we're fully aware that as well as getting people's opinions, it's probably taken some people on a bit of a journey. It's opened their eyes to this conversation and their ears. And, they, and they've heard why people are maybe in favour. So even if they oppose it or are in favour and the vote goes one or the other way, they will at least understand why people have made the decision they have. Understanding is the main thing here, Adam, isn't it? You know, hearing what Jay's saying there, it's it, it's that as a, as a group, Liverpool supporters can, can 
feel as though you know voices have been heard, discussions have been had. That no, that that nowhere, uh, both in the national picture as Jay references, uh, and then also in the local picture, you know, no one wants to feel as though anybody's been railroaded anywhere. No, and I, I think the other thing is it's it, it's. I think with any debate, it's always important to hear the counter arguments, and I think that. It's very easy, you know. I, 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 my tickets on the cop, and I, you know, where I am is in a, you know, what is essentially a standing section, and we stand all the way through the game, um, and that at the moment feels like a unsafe standing. So it, for me, you know, it would be very easy to just kind of go, oh yeah, well, you know, it's got to be introduced, you know, blah blah blah. But but I, I want to know about and hear and listen to the the counter arguments. Um, that are there to be able to make an informed decision because any decision that's not informed is is no use to anybody. It again, it's as I say, the main thing that you can take from this, and, I, and I've got absolutely no doubt that you know that'll be the case at the meeting tomorrow. That Jay, what what Adam's citing there about the idea of of the being listening. You know, we live in a time where there's lots and lots and lots and lots of shouting uh, across in every different in every different format and every different sort of place for discussion and yet the, so the most important thing tomorrow it is an open meeting absolutely anybody can come and I think what you're trying to sort of impress here is that that's what you want you want a packed room yeah. you want you want every as many people to be in there to hear what's said to be and, and I say if they can't be there watching on the on the on the Facebook live it'll sit there as well as I'm sure you don't have yeah, to just yeah. watch it live you'll be able you to watch, watch it afterwards after, yeah. you watch it afterwards that it isn't it, it isn't about winners and losers it's about people feeling as though this thing has occurred. This thing occurring and occurring in the right spirit is the most is as important as anything else to take from it. Yeah, we're going to have a real grown-up conversation, and people are going to diff, you know, have different opinions, and they're going to have to agree to disagree, and they will be respectful of each other. And you know, we we said that at the, the closed meeting we had the mid, we cannot be saying it in the open and tomorrow. You know, anybody gets disrespectful with anyone. I don't care whether you're my mate or whether you know you're. You could yeah. be the chief executive of Liverpool Football Club for yeah. all I care. You will be kicked out. You will not be given a space to shout down of others and tell them they're wrong or they're disrespectful or they're a disgrace or anything like that. This has got to be an, an adult conversation and you can disagree. And so far it has been. And it has been. And, I, and I'm absolutely confident it will be. But there are some people who have been concerned that they'd be shouted down or anything like that. And that hasn't happened. Um, and, I think there's the, and I think that fear comes from people because it's a very emotive debate. It is emotive. And some people will come with factual arguments and some people will come with emotion. And there's a space for both in this conversation uh, because it is by nature and for the very reasons that we're having to even take it this slowly, both are so important to this. And, and, and hopefully from tomorrow, people will at least feel more informed, more aware and be able to make a choice based on, on, on something that they deeply feel and understand. And they will know that this meeting has occurred as well. And yes, they will have had every opportunity to have taken part. This isn't going to be done behind closed doors. They've had every opportunity for the last nine months to take part. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. After the break, we're going to speak to Glenn Price, who is in Hong Kong, and we'll also be speaking to Natasha Henry about what Arsenal have been up to. Uh, thank you very much to Jay for t- coming in and having a brief chat to us about the football, but also about this very, very important matter indeed. Jay, just give me the, the remaining details. Times, starts, times, Facebook, everything. Just give the, the, the facts for us. 12.15, um, Saturday afternoon, the Lina Hotel, Lord Nelson Street, next to Lime Street Station, run for approximately two hours. If you can't get there, you can watch it online, log on to the Spirit of Shankly uh, Facebook page, just search us in the uh, search bar at the top uh, from about 10 past 12, and it'll be live from then. And it'll be available to watch. Uh, available to watch afterwards, and the vote will be live, and you'll find that across all our social media. And we'll be mentioning it as well. This is the Anfield Rap Radio City Talk. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Anfield Rap Radio City Talk, and I'm joined now by Natasha Henry. And you get your hair done. I am getting my hair done. What are you having done? 
what, 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 what's um, your instruction when you sit down? Um, a forehead weave. <laughs> I don't know how many of your listeners will know what that is, but Google's a wonderful tool. It's uh, brilliant. It uh, sounds phenomenal work. Uh, that's going on right now. And you are down in London. You're going to let us know about Arsenal. And you just mentioned to me off air that for once you, you, you're pretty happy. I mean, a lot of that's defined by hanging on to... To, to to almost what you have your hold at this stage, with the possible exception of Giroud, but it you know it looks as though that actually looks like it's a, it's a realistic path for Arsenal, perhaps. Yeah, I think as well things like keeping Per Mertesacker Saka after his superb performance in the FA Cup final, you know he's going to be our academy um, manager next year, which I think is a great idea. Um, bringing back Jens Lehmann, um, we've taken tips from a lot of other clubs who are far more successful than us, and we seem to have a bit more stability. And if Ozil signs this new contract, then, you know, Sanchez can go to France if he wants to and be mediocre at PSG. <laughs> it's, it is, I mean, that, that's, that's the key thing, though. You're saying that there. You've got Lacazette in, but the idea of having Lacazette with Sanchez off one flank, with Ozil in behind, with any one of the range of options that Arsenal have got for the other flank, that's an exciting strike force. If Sanchez leaves... It's still exciting. I don't want people to not be excited, not be looking forward to the football. But there's one strike force there that does feel like one which could re- genuinely sort of, you know, wreak a bit of havoc. Certainly amongst the bottom ten, which has long been the strength of Arsenal. Uh, the, the other one doesn't seem quite as strong. Yeah, I mean, you know my mentality. If you don't want to pay for the club, then then go. But we can't sell him to a Premier League club. That is out of the question. And and there's no point letting him go on a free because then, you know, he seems like he's the sort of player that will still commit to his football this year. And I'd hate for us to keep him and then let him go to City or United or, or Chelsea next season. So I say either sign a contract now or sell him to someone abroad and get someone else in before the end of the transfer window. And that, do you think that that'll happen? Do you think that if, if Sanchez does go, there'll be a replacement for him? Or is it, would the worry be that the replacement for him is Lacazette? Oh, no, there has to be a replacement for him, doesn't it? He's not actually the striker, is he? Giroud is the striker. Yeah. Sanchez is a forward and because he can rotate anywhere in them front three places, you have to replace him, you know, whether it's Lamar or Mbappe or whoever we're getting this week, you have to replace him with someone, otherwise you're going to be a man down. And it's not like you're a man down with someone that scores five goals a season, you're a man down with someone that will get you 23 goals. And on that then, what names are being linked, if anyone? Is, the, is, is that out in the public domain, sort of the idea of who is the, the, the person they'd be looking for if Sanchez did decide to leave? I mean, Lamar's the one that everyone keeps mentioning. Um, Wenger said we're not after Mbappe. I don't think we can afford him. I think when it comes down to it, if, if he chooses where he goes, then you would think he would go to Arsenal because he'll play. But Real Madrid will outbid us any day of the week. I just, you know, the transfer window is just a pain in the bum, isn't it? Let's get it all done and dusted before the season starts because, you know, my, my blood pressure can't cope with all this drama. <laughs> on the ones that are already done then you know the the other sort of mooted things around your, your blood pressure uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain it feels as though I, I, I have this theory that at the minute Oxlade-Chamberlain's doing the heading of practically everybody in football in terms of the fact that he hasn't signed a new deal at Arsenal in terms of the fact that it just doesn't seem at all clear what his genuine intentions are that constantly linked with, with Liverpool Manchester City Chelsea as well he's one where you know I know that you'll really like the football you'd, you'd want him to stay but that again that one just sort of you do wonder whether or not maybe he's seeing if anyone's going to come in if he's got some sort of wider picture that but it just seems to be I think the sort of thing that'd be annoying Arsenal let alone anyone else yeah it's, it's very Theo Walcott-esque isn't it it's like mm, I'm just gonna see what happens I mean for me he needs to play football he needs to go somewhere and, and 
and tie down a position, otherwise he's going to be, no disrespect, but Phil Neville, you know, or again, no disrespect, but James Milner, although James Milner does it to a higher standard. I think the thing is, he's not coming out and saying he wants to go. All he's saying is he wants to play football. He's going to be in limbo again come December and January, and we're going to keep repeating this system. And he's going to get older, and he's still not going to have nailed a position. So do you, think, do you think he needs to go for himself? Yeah, I do. I'm, I, I love the Ox. I would love to see him thrive at Arsenal, but I don't think it's going to happen. So for me personally, and as, as a fan of him, I think he needs to leave. I think he needs to go to a Liverpool and somewhere where the manager has 100% faith in him because Wenger clearly doesn't. He, he's always been kind of an afterthought. And maybe the change of scenery, the change of lifestyle and the change of teammates could be what he needs to thrive. On that then, you know, there's a couple of other players who sort of fall into that category. Arsenal had a strange end to the season where, you know, as ever, a decent run was put together, didn't quite secure the, the finish, but, but got, the cup, uh, got the cup in the bag. On all of that, you know, there's there's players who've there's a number of players in that squad who still find themselves with a fair bit to prove. I was having a little look, and you know, Granit Xhaka, for instance, was last season's very expensive early signing for Arsenal when I was looking back at transfer business. And what occurred to me was, early in the season, there was lots of talk around his discipline, around but you know, the, the, throwing himself in, and, and also just overcommitting at times in general, not just the idea of getting red and yellow cards, but towards the end of the season, when I was watching Arsenal, I thought he looked like a footballer who had settled. Yeah. And that there's a few in there who, by the end of that campaign, were actually playing really rather well for that Arsenal side and who, who, who've got big campaigns ahead in terms of being able to demonstrate that they are sort of top four class footballers. Yeah, I think, you know, I was watching um, Dennis Bergkamp football's greatest today and I'm not saying Xhaka's as good as Bergkamp, but even he took time to settle. Henri took time to settle. I think we, we've got used to a very select few of players coming over and being spectacular straight away. 90, 95% of them don't do that. They do need time. You know, whether it's the weather, the teammates, the training, the speed of the game, you know, you can see the difference between Xhaka um, at the start of the season um, compared to, you know, in March or April. He looks like a completely different player. I'm not saying he's suddenly going to stop jumping into rush challenges because I think that's his mindset, but I do think he will improve and I do think a lot of people will become more impressed with what he can bring to the team. And there's a couple of others in there as well. For instance, Mustafi last season had a pretty quiet season in that Koscielny had a very good one next to him. Maybe that's the benefit of him. But there's a couple, isn't there, who, again, like that, who either need to find the rhythm back, and maybe that's Bellerin, or players like Mustafi who, who need to show that, that they've settled now and this is how good they are as footballers. I think Mustafi had the opposite to Xhaka, didn't he, in that he was really good to start with and we all got really excited. And I was like, yes, finally, um, Koscielny's got someone to partner him. And then he just held off. But then we're forgetting about Rob Holding. You know, we've yeah. actually got a decent select, or decent, by Arsenal standards, selection of, cent- of centre-backs. That we haven't had that for a while. We've actually just had two central defenders. Now we actually have five to choose from. So, Do you think you'll keep Chambers or send them back out? I think Chambers. I think from the time Chambers got, um, Holding got picked to play over Chambers at the start of the season... That, for me, was, was Chambers' end of his Arsenal career, regardless of what happened at Middlesbrough. When you pick someone who's come up from Bolton in League One to play over someone that's been at the club for four or five years, yeah. you know where you stand. And the last one to sort of mention, well, I mentioned Bellerin there as well, full-backs at the minute ago, and it's a premium. There's there a couple of little rumours around Bellerin, maybe, with Barcelona having an eye on him or something like that. Is that Again, he, he's, he's another one who had a strange season last season where he started pretty well, and then he very much tailed off. Is, is the idea there that, again, it's, it's, it's a big season for him to prove himself? 
I think sometimes players can get caught up in their own hype, just as we in the media do. And I think maybe Bellerin, he's, he's showing signs of loving that superstar lifestyle, which concerns me, as well as the dodgy haircut, which we've discussed before. But I think he needs to concentrate on his football and remind people why he was being talked about as such a good player. Because recently, I've been talking more about his haircut and his clothes than I have about his football, which is not what it should be for a Premier League footballer. Last one's the new signing, Collison Hatch uh, at Schalke, the, the, the left-back as well. He's coming in, presumably Kieran Gibbs leaves, and that puts Arsenal in a position where they've got, they should have two pretty solid left-backs. I think Monreal again had a bit of a funny season, but he's shown over a, a number of years, even though he's now in his early 30s, that he's a quality player. Yeah. As I'm talking to you, I'm sort of talking myself into my, you know, there's every chance that Arsenal are going to have another pretty strong season this season. I mean, what's a strong season? Because it's, I mean, Everton have literally bought half the world. Um, you know, City aren't sitting still. Man United aren't sitting still. What's, what's a, a good season? for Arsenal? Don't get carried away with Evertonian nonsense. You know, I'm sorry, you've got to <laughs> slow off the upkeep this, this season. I mean, you've got to keep Coutinho, but then I'm reading, they're going to up their bid. You know, heads get turned. But no, I mean, for Arsenal, we have to, we have to finish in the Champions League again and we have to be challenging for the title. You know, I I was watching um, Vieira and Bergkamp and Omri today and as I put, thinking of the days. I need those days back in my life. You know, there's not a lot of pleasure in London right now, so I need some pleasure for my football. So oh. we need to be challenging for that title. Always good to speak to Natasha Henry. This is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. In a minute or two, we'll be going over to Glenn Price, who's in Hong Kong. I'll be chatting away to Glenn. But also in Hong Kong, uh, Gareth Roberts and John Gibbons have been over there for the Anfield Rap. There's been loads of fantastic stuff that they've got, clips, videos, uh, all sorts of stuff, press conferences. Gareth asked a question at the press conference the manager the other day. It's all on the Anfield Rap's Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. All that stuff is there for you if you want to see it. That is, you know, the Anfield Rap. You can find it easily enough. You know how that works for now. They also, uh, today, were able to get an extended interview with the Liverpool captain, Jordan Henderson, and that extended interview will be available to tour player subscribers uh, from next week. Uh, we'll be putting it out next week. Uh, Jordan Henderson speaking to the Anfield Rap exclusively. Hugely exciting. They say it's absolutely fantastic. It's only happened in the last hour. I haven't heard it yet, but I would trust them. Uh, so theanfieldrap.com for that. Theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe. And to see everything they've been up to in Hong Kong, they've been going to the games, they'll be doing post-match shows, they've done one already, they'll be doing another one tomorrow. I hope they're sitting back and having a pint now uh, but they've had you know they've been doing really really good work over there and seeing all the fantastic stuff but the Jordan Henson interview were made up to have got it a huge thank you to everyone who helped make that happen uh, that is going to be available for you at theanfieldrap.com uh, forward slash subscribe if you don't already and if you do well it's something to look forward to for next week uh, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk and this is my favourite game by the Cardigans the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. Uh, my favourite game by the Cardigans there. Listen, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention on this week's Anfield Rap was we're hooking up with the uh, Roto Fantasy Football people again. Uh, this fantasy football company that we work with. A lot of people do the do you know do the official one and all of that sort of stuff. But we you know last season uh, we put three different divisions in uh, for for our for our contributors and we encourage subscribers to go and use it as well. Had a couple of teething issues. It's the first time it had been used, but we're optimistic they've been overcome. Uh, Stephen is going to be talking us through that next week. Uh, the guy whose game it is, uh, and we had an absolute ball. I mean, I know I did. Uh, really, really enjoyed playing that game. It's very different from the fantasy football that you might know, uh, and it's got sort of uniquely drafted teams. So not everyone can have the same player. No one can have the same player. Your league is your league. So we're doing that this season. We're hooking up with them. Uh, RotoPremierLeague.com. That's Roto R O T O PremierLeague.com. Um, it's got a lovely sort of old style interface in there, and it's it's very involving. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. It took up probably far too much of my time. 
if you confirm, if you want to join, what we're doing is we're going to have uh, Anfield, an Anfield wrap sort of series of leagues with promotion and relegation. We'll be sorting all that out. It will take a little bit of effort, but we're sort of on top of it at the minute. And you'll be sorted into a league with contributors as well as listeners. And we'll also be having our contributors league as well, uh, broken into 12 team divisions. And um, that's what we're going to do. So the way in which it works, if you go to rotopremierleague.com, Enter, confirm your email, hit the join league button, and then you enter the code TAW, and therefore you will go into an Anfield Rap League, and you'll be able to arrange sort of what you're doing with league chairman and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, we will have and put out sort of our recommended scoring system and all of that sort of stuff for you to make it a little bit more straightforward. But as I say, we played it last year; it was a fantastic game, enjoyed it hugely, uh, and found it, you know, at its very, very best, a really, really different and fun uh, type of fantasy league. So we'd love it if you wanted to do that this. Year. That is the Anfield rap uh, saying that, you know, as I say, we're going with rotopremierleague.com. Uh, all of that will be together for you. And now here's me chatting away to Glenn Price. Glenn, I believe you spent some time with the Liverpool manager today, one on one. How was he? Yeah, it was nice. Um, he was good, in good form as ever. He was relaxed. It was in the, in, in the team hotel, uh, one of the top floors of this hotel, amazing hotel that we're in, um, looking out all along Hong Kong. It was nice, yeah. Um, yeah, got 15 minutes to sit down with the local manager, which you know quite rare because especially here where everyone just wants the Liverpool manager's time as well yeah. as Liverpool players. So it was nice of him to you know set aside 15 minutes. Yeah, every um, I, I talked about a number of different things and what what he wants in in players and stuff and uh, how he is finding life with you know shared responsibility at the club with like Peter Moore and Michael Edwards now. Yeah, and um, it, it, it should be out soon. Um, few interesting things he said about the, the, the players and dealing with them and I think he I, I did ask the question whether letting Lucas go to Lazio was because he's confident about getting further incomings or, or whether it was just a special case of you know letting someone go who's been at the club 10 years and might not you know have, a, have that big of a role next season and, and, and he said it was a special case he actually said that he shed a tear him and Lucas shed a tear um, when you know, you know, Lucas and Klopp held the talk about you know going to Lazio and, and asking if he could go. So, yeah, it just shows you some of, of his his man management, um, which is you know opposite to what you see on the sidelines of the game when he's you know mouthing off at James Milner or something. <laughs> especially James uh, Milner. I think. It's, yeah, especially James Milner. Excellent. And it, it's that's gonna be available. You're gonna be putting that together for you for ESPN and that's gonna be available for people to read at some point over the weekend. Hopefully today, Friday, as we record this, but if not, it will be over the weekend for people. Yeah, certainly. Um I'm I'm just in a minute of subbing it myself, so you know hopefully I'll have it out soon. Uh is there um on that, you know, sort of moving forward, you've been you've been in Hong Kong, you've been around the camp, and you've been you've been watching watching the games. That there was a number I thought of positives, and yeah, I'll come on to the Coutinho thing, which is how we started the show with talking about Andy Robertson and Coutinho. And we'll end it in a second, but it was noticeable. I thought yet again in in the preseason games, the desire for Liverpool to to find a, a way to get the ball to to Salah uh, quick and early over on the flank. Uh, Henderson's sort of range of passing uh, playing a part in that and you know Solanka's finish uh, in the preseason game and his all-round sort of general brightness him and Origi dovetailing together uh, in a front two which we didn't see much of last season all shows you know what the Liverpool manager's thought process may well be this season Yeah certainly um, he's actually for the most part there's been a 4-3-3 but it's been quite fluid actually um, it's been interesting to see. I, I, I think the way sort of you know, Solanke's played because 
it's a bit different to the way Origi plays, and, and you probably, you know, they're of a similar build, and, and probably both of them know where the, the back of the net is. But I think Solanke's just loving life at Liverpool. You know, it's like this is his big chance because um, Liverpool, so going from Chelsea to Liverpool is, is it's, it's quite, especially at that age, is is not the, you know, the move you'd normally make um, for a player who's you know trying to get first team opportunities. So he's obviously been promised something by Klopp, um, or whether he just likes the idea of Klopp and young players. So, yeah, certainly Solanke, I've, I've been impressed by him. Um, I, one of the things I'm really impressed with is, is Henderson. Um, we actually spoke to him today, and I, I, I think he's been like one of the fittest players in all, in all of the friendlies, which is you know quite noticeable considering how long he's been out and. Um, he's actually saying that you know he's not quite there yet. He he feels that he can he can go, go up another level, but especially at that Tranmere game uh, a, few, a week ago or so, um, he, he looked he looked on a you know a you know, diff, different level. So he's obviously been doing some hard grafting over the summer. Um, uh, who else? Who else is there? The Salah, obviously. Salah's took the you know took, took, took the limelight quite a few times. Um, mainly that's because it, it, it's pace and. Um, that, you know that's always fun to watch. Uh, but I don't think Crystal Palace enjoyed him a lot. Um, well, he was yeah. no bad at the laughs because I, I thought you could see that Liverpool were were almost doing this. This and, and sides will get onto it. Let's not be and, and also pre-season. But you know, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball on the left, and then suddenly look to release him, sort of pull the opposition over, and then look to sort of hit him early. And you could see Henderson doing that. The other one I think is worth you know to talk about Coutinho. He's come back absolutely. I think looking sharp as anything into this pre-season. I think it's a noticeable yeah. rather than that sort of slow curve of. Oh, you know, because he's got extended time away or something like that. I think he looks absolutely very, very sharp indeed. But then there's the the concern of the of the Tramia bid, and I'm sure you were at the press conference today. And the the there is a you know Liverpool do seem to have the idea that that he's not for sale, he's not available. But it is Barcelona knocking, and it'd be understandable if supporters were concerned. Yeah, I think so. Um, and in, it's it, it's Barcelona, isn't it? He's probably. Got long-term aims of, of, of playing for Barcelona. Um, to my, I think most Liverpool supporters would probably accept that Coutinho does eventually end up at Barcelona at some point in his career. Um, and probably, I don't think they just thought thought he could be this summer um, because I, I thought last when Coutinho was flying last last season before he got the injury, I thought that was like the only time where he justified this this link to Barcelona, uh, the continued link. Um, and then he got his injury, obviously, and, and it took some time for him to get back. But it is concerning that Barcelona have got troubles with Neymar at the moment. Um, if he does go, that'd be you know a, a massive you know dis- disaster for him, pretty much. And so they might just trying to trying to you know look for something to make the fans you know just a little bit less angry. And you know Coutinho would do that. And he, he's been a target of Barcelona for. You know, quite some time. I remember speaking to like a former Barcelona like executive who was quite high up there, and he said that he's been on their radar for for ages. And 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 what they say he has the the Barca DNA, um, whatever that is. Uh, but yeah, so he he might end up there. Um, Liverpool fans just will be hoping it's it's not that soon. Um, 
the next part of this then is obviously the game at the weekend. Uh, Liverpool coming up against Leicester. I found it quite cute how footballers have been saying they're looking forward to playing in the final. Um, there is it's not, a final. it's not a final at all. It's not a final at all that they're all saying that. But again, it's another. It, it is another opportunity. But one thing I want to ask you about because you are there is the extent to which the humidity has been a problem for a few of these players. I mean, you know, I, I was in the just in the in the warm up to the Liverpool game. I was watching the uh, the penalty shootout between uh, between Leicester uh, and West Bromwich Albion, and one of the things that struck me was how the sweat was absolutely pouring off Craig Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, forget the you know forget the footballers for a second. Craig Shakespeare looked absolutely done in. Is is that making it? difficult for these lads is is the humidity proving itself to be a bit of a problem the conditions in general making it difficult to to, to properly enjoy this bit of the preseason. it is unbelievable just how humid it is i mean we watched it was an open training session today and it was the first time the sun's been out since we've been over here to be honest and it was like proper red hot sun you know how it is like abroad but with just a different level of, of humidity i think it's been like in the 80 percent and stuff and just standing there, you, you know, you're sweating absolute buckets. So never mind running about in it, you know, shuttling all over the place. Um, whether it's had an effect on the games, maybe, perhaps. But then again, Liverpool's have only been playing 45 minutes, so it, it's not 90 minutes. Imagine playing, you know, a regular season game over here. Yeah. Um, which you know, Richard Scudamore's once. Get again said over here that, that that's his, that's his aim uh, one day. Um, Separate show that Glenn, but we'll do it soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it it has had an effect. But Henderson was after we spoke to him after that intense training session today, and he said it, it's difficult while you're in it, but afterwards you feel a lot better because you've actually done it, and you know you know you'll be better for it. And it, it's it's kind of like the players see it as like resistance training because once they return to England, they'll be. No, it's air to breathe basically, and they should they should be fitter and better and ready to go for the season. Okay, then, Glenn. Uh, just one more thing. So, uh, the other thing I want to point out is, and I, I say you've been spending time around the t- camp, and they've been talking about it as resistance training. There, there is one more little thing to point out, which is there's actually now a gap. Liverpool play this game on Saturday, and then they don't play again. Uh, they're going off to this camp in Germany. Is that where everyone's expecting the very intense fitness work to be done, all the work on shape to be done, the stuff that you saw last season in America? Is this, do you think, what we're going to get when they when they head off towards Germany? I'd expect so. Um, mainly just because I don't think there's that many commercial activities in yeah. Germany because the player schedules and the manager schedules has been unbelievable uh, over here. They've had you know loads to do, especially on the first day when they first landed. The schedule was like just ridiculous. They had so many events and, and, and stuff to go to. Um, Germany's probably going to be a bit more like America last um, last summer where. There's not that much attention, uh, not that much, you know, requirements to fulfil, and Klopp will have his training camp and have these work, you know, these first-class facilities where over here Liverpool have been sending staff to, you know, scour all over Hong Kong to find, you know, a pitch that's playable. Um, sometimes they haven't been able to sort of just been using a running track um, because the grass is obviously too wet and they don't want to risk injury. So it's been far from ideal, but I think Klopp said at his press conference today that. He was impressed that you know how the players just got on with it, didn't moan and, and adapted to it, and had some really good sessions. So, yeah, Germany. I think, I mean, they've been not complaining, but they've been speaking about how tired they are over here. I think, you know, it could go up a different level in Germany. 
Excellent stuff. Uh, very kind of Glenn to join us. You can find his article interviewing Jurgen Klopp on ESPN either today, Friday, or across the course of the weekend. Do give it a read. It will be excellent stuff. 15 minutes with the manager. That'll be well worth reading. Listen, thanks to Glenn. Thank you very much to Natasha. Thank, thanks to Jay McKenna. And thanks to Adam Smith. That has been the Anfield Wrap this week on Radio City Talk. We'll be back with more of this stuff next week. Free podcast on Monday. Jordan Henderson, exclusive half an hour interview to come. We're not messing about. It's the Anfield Wrap. Sports Social Podcast Network.